Welcome to Beyond the Pen, the podcast that delves into the untold stories of emerging authors and the literary world. I'm your host, Maccabee Griffin, and each week I'll be shining a spotlight on talented yet undiscovered authors, giving them a platform to share their incredible stories and unique journeys that brought them to the world of writing. In each episode, we'll deep dive into the story behind the story, exploring the inspirations, challenges, and triumphs that have shaped our guests' literary careers, and have some fun along the way. From the initial spark of an idea to the journey of crafting and publishing their books, we'll uncover the secrets that make their stories truly special. But that's not all. Once a month, we'll be joined by an expert from the publishing world who will share invaluable insights and advice for aspiring writers, answering your burning questions, and demystifying the path to success in the literary industry. At Beyond the Pen, my mission is simple, to entertain, educate, and encourage the next generation of great storytellers. So whether you're a writer, an avid reader, or simply someone with a passion for storytelling, Join us as we venture beyond the pen and celebrate the power of the written word. Hello, everybody. We are back. We are here. We are live. My name is Maccabee, and this lovely lady is... Chelsea. We're going with Chels today. We are going with Chels today. Awesome. And this is Beyond the Pen, where we help you unleash your creativity from an actor's point of view and a published author's point of view. Today, we are going to talk about a few things that are very, very near and dear to our hearts, but also we need to talk, ladies and gentlemen. We need <laughs> to have a conversation about conventions and what you're oh. supposed to be doing and what you you shouldn't be doing um but we're also going to talk about you know the the overall arc of these next couple of months and what we're going to be talking about we're going to be talking about things like perception and perspective from a character's point of view in your narratives from the writer's point of view and we're going to go, we're going to talk about something very controversial in the terms of, from the reader's point of view, because that's going to be the fun part, but give us, give us time. We're going to figure it out a little bit more, but you're going to enjoy it. I assure you it's going to help you come to a different light when it comes. It'll to... be something, Mac. <laughs> it'll certainly It'll open people's eyes is what it'll do. Oh, yeah. But it'll give you a better sense of what your writing is going to do and how to accept or reject other people's perception of your writing. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. But we're going to we're going to talk about the conventions first, and then we're going to hit up perception perspectives from characters points of views. And we'll get into that. But first, Chelsea. Let's talk about the convention that you were at last. What was it and where was it at? So last week I was at Nightmare Weekend Richmond. I believe it is their first year that did it. It is a horror con run by Galaxy Con and uh, it was good. It was as somebody who is not a fan of, of clowns popping out everywhere and things just creeping up on you. It was literally my nightmare. Um, but... It was, it, so I 
Okay, this is this is terrible. I do not like the Power Rangers. I think they are one of the scariest things <laughs> I've ever ran into in my life. Um, wait, wait, wait! Power Rangers and a whore? Power Rangers. Okay, so they were like, they, it's it's conventions are different, guys. So let's start out with that. Conventions yes. are not what you expect them to be. Most of the time, I run a thing called the Pop Up Bookshop. We have talked about this several times. I help local and indie authors branch out. One of the things that includes is letting these authors come to these conventions. And one of the biggest perceptions that I have struggled with authors is just because it is a horror con does not mean only horror books sell. Our biggest seller this weekend was A Sweet Romance at a horror convention because you have the parents coming in, you have the girlfriends, you have the in-laws that everybody that's like, okay, I want this super creepy book where the face is melted off but I also want like a palate cleanser where I can just have this sweet, fun romance and it works. And I, it goes so very well. And so side note, huge thank you to all of the authors that came and helped me because I am not good in these, <laughs> believe it or not. Don't touch me. Like, I don't know what it is about horror cons. They always have to touch you and not like the grab your shoulders, creep you out, but like the slither across your back. Like, just don't touch. Don't, don't yeah. do it. I freak out. Um, I, will, I, was, I throw was, punches. I throw punches. It's one of those things. So that's exactly it. It's like my instinct is to like pull back and mm. then I'm like, oh, it's a little kid or, oh, it's this person. Like, that's assault, bro. Like you're over 18. <sighs> um, but it's, it's just don't touch people, guys. But the other perception that authors have or don't have is that you're going to be on. You have to be on 24-7. Yeah. When you are at these things, and trust me, yes, it may only be 12 hours, but it's going to feel longer. Mm -hmm. Trust me. I need four days to recover every time I come back from these because you have to be on all the time. Yep, absolutely. We actually had a couple new authors that came, and they were like, no, I was trying to give them the pep talk. You know, like, here's a quick spiel. Like we talked in previous episodes, you need that 15 to 30 second elevator pitch to get people enticed into your book. Yep. We got those nailed down. And then they think, you know, oh, I got this. This is perfect. Until you have five people standing in front of you saying, hey, tell me about this book. And I promise you, I have done, I don't even know how many of these things now, but you go through and you forget. I blank on my books all of the time. I blank. I will do it all day long. You will nail it. And then on Sunday, that last person, you're like, this is a book about some people <laughs> that may or may not do some stuff. And like, that's the point that you get at. But so our newest authors, Mac, they went through and they thought they had the entire world about three hours in. They were like, this is some work. And I was like, is it? Mm -hmm. is it? Is it really having to talk to people and bring people in and explain these books and go through the process and sign these books and take pictures? Is that hard work? It's hard guys, but it's so rewarding because you get those people that come and they buy your book and then they're excited because you're there and, and they start to recognize you. I had that, I had some girl just randomly run up and like grab me and like hug me and was like, oh my God, I know you're serious. And I completely blanked. And I'm just like, oh my God, she was dressed up as like this little like dead creature thing. And like, it was just, she had the contacts and everything. She looked amazing. Um, but when, when you hear your pen name being yelled out, and then this monster, literal monster, is lunging for you. Turns out, Chelsea does not respond well, and I freeze. 
Because part of my brain was like, okay, I'm at a convention. This isn't real. The other part was, dear God, it's here. <laughs> <laughs> the darkness oh. has finally come for me. Oh, right. Like, it's finally, I think it was, she was dressed as like a giant Annabelle doll. Oh, and, like, oh no. It was no. legit. Like, it was so, she had the makeup to the point that like, you saw the light. Like, it looked so real. And she was the cutest, sweetest sounding little girl. And I was like, I just can't even look at you right now. I yeah there there's that point oh. of like I I'm like you I would be fighting myself so hard cuz I I'm just like, hate oh I hate that movie I don't mess with dolls I hate that movie I don't mess so with much. dolls I do I didn't even like dolls as a kid like I was not the kid that wanted to play with dolls like I was pretty sure my sister we shared a room as a kid I used to turn her dolls around cuz I'm like they're staring at me <laughs> I yeah. I still have my the cabbage patch uh, cabbage patch kid that i had when i was a little kid i kept it because it was something very you know very important to me because it was from my dad right when it comes to conventions and being that personality i gotta tell you you're in my booth like believe it or not um i'm very much in charge i am a tad bit of a control freak and I make my rules very clear. I know, I know everybody is super surprised right now that I am a control freak, but it's one of those things where you have to understand when you are with other authors or just by yourself, one bad experience will destroy your career. One wrong thing said, one wrong or rude comment, how you present yourself, all of those things tie into everybody around you. So here's some tips for at conventions. Do not get political. Do not get religious. Stay away from anything in the news. Stick to your books. If somebody asks you to relate your book to something, that's perfectly fine. Do not, let's say, I don't know, relate it to Hitler or say about how there are these certain cultures are having great perspectives. And you've got to think about yourself. Because it's going to come back. Somebody has that sound bite. And when you hit the level where you finally feel like, hell yes, I made it, that's going to come back and bite you. And it's going to suck. And if it was at my booth, I will help ruin you. Just know that. But it's Okay, also boss. <laughs> exactly. There we go. That's what I'm looking for. But it's also <laughs> a great opportunity. I'm telling you, I went through... I. Mac, you could never be in my booth. I'm telling you. You would just be like, oh, dear God. I'm going to be terrified when we actually do that because yes. there is there is a GalaxyCon that is in Ohio. Columbus. Next year? December 1st through the 3rd this year. I'm literally going in six weeks. Don't even remind me. Um, yeah, well, well, it's it's going to be... There may, may not be a chance that I could possibly be there. Awesome. But we'll see. We we shall see as the closer we get, yes. but <laughs> I'm telling you. It, it, no, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, no, I get, I got gotcha, you, I got gotcha, you, I got gotcha. you. It's because they're all about setting you up for success, right? Right. So when you go to conventions, here's a few things, Mac. You ready? I'm going to yeah. show you how to sell your books. Okay. Choose a popular book that your book is similar to. Now, okay. I don't mean because you have dragons in your book that you are Game of Thrones. Just because you have vampires in it does not mean you are Vampire Diaries. Be realistic, guys, because 
reviews matter. If somebody gets your book and you're like, I'm definitely George R.R. R. Martin, I am definitely Tolkien or Rowling or whoever, and you're not, you will lose hundreds of readers because not only will that person demolish you on every single platform, they will tell mm -hmm. every single person they meet, they see, they interact with, you're a liar. So don't do it. Yeah, yeah, let's not do that. Right? Um because that that, that would really really I suck know a yes. And don't lie about your book. So one, choose a popular book that mm -hmm. is actually similar to yours, and I love all of the people that have reached out to us. However, nobody has an original book idea. No. So no, 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 there is always, it doesn't have to be exact either. If even if it's like, let's say you write something very similar to Sarah J. Moss, but you don't go the smart route, get one of her books similar and just say, hey, similar writing styles, similar themes without the smut. It works. I, trust me. I sell hundreds of books for authors. This works. The other thing you're going to do is do not lie about what your book is about. Let's say you write a book that is not young adult, but somebody is looking for a fantasy book that is young adult. Do not sit there and lie and say it's young adult. Same exact thing is going to happen. Do not sit there and lie and say it's sci-fi. If your book's not for them, it's not for them. It's not a big deal. Your book is not for everybody, but you can help somebody else sell their book because that's what we do at the bookshop. Everybody sells everybody. And if you don't, I do kick people out. It was super fun, Mac. I know. I want to be a supreme ruler, and we have gone through this, but I am telling you, I've gotten close. Our, I'm telling you. And people wonder why I am so afraid of this this little woman here. It, it's it's terrifying. It really is terrifying. It's methodical, is what it is. You got to be methodical. And terrifying. No, you don't have to be terrifying. Fear is a perception. Fear is the body's way of acknowledging the fact that you're in danger and to change your actions based upon that feeling. So if you have done something to make you feel like you're in danger, it's not my fault. It's your fault. I need an adult. <laughs> <laughs> I need an adultier adult. You have no idea how many times I use that at these conventions. I'm just like, I need an adult. I, need an adult. I am an adult. Right. But so my final thing for conventions Yes. Think of a show that your book is similar to. A lot okay. of people, because so many books are being turned into shows right now, if you name mm -hmm. a show that is similar, again, realistically similar, just because you travel mm -hmm. through time doesn't mean you're Doctor Who. <laughs> yes, I have had to have these talks with people, and that is why I am sharing it. I had somebody... The time machine? Come on. Oh, my God it's and i get it i get it because i try to help authors everywhere it drives me nuts right. i'm like dude you are not doctor who i read your book i can tell from five chapters in this is not doctor who this is not game no, of thrones no. this is not what it is but other than that have fun be prepared that it's work bring somebody yeah. i saw four authors that came completely by themselves that means if you go by yourself no bathroom breaks no yep. food. You need to yep. be completely prepared. Otherwise, you have hours. to walk away and risk somebody snagging your stuff because people do steal at these. Just be How aware. How dare they? Right? How it's so mean. That's so, so. Uh, 
I know it's not it stealing definitely doesn't happen in society. So they save it for these conventions. And they're crafty not about at it. All. Some of the stuff you see is so funny. I'm like, dude, I like that, but put it back. Like that was slick, but not slick enough. Yeah, yeah, no. So in this case, ladies and gentlemen, again, just know what's gonna happen. Just understand that things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. Understand that you need to be on 24-7. Understand that there are gonna little be little little things that need to happen. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna be understanding that um there is probably gonna be this little girl coming up, just Annabelle thing coming up and wanting to give you hugs and kisses and all this other stuff don't punch them please do not punch them do not Uh, frown upon that like deeply um oh yeah absolutely absolutely and then especially you know when that paint comes off on your fist you're like oh oh you weren't real oh crap uh i'm so sorry um trauma trauma yeah anyway (laughs) but talk to people have fun don't just talk to them about your book find out what they like to read do something give them recommendations even if it's not your book because you create those relationships and if you get to the point like you know i've been to a bunch of these things like there are people that come up and they specifically look for me which is super awesome and terrifying but like you you got to get used to that like you're like we said before once you sell that first book you're a celebrity to somebody you are somebody that people look for, that they're excited to meet, that they are going to be, if you, you know, post on your social media that you're going to be somewhere, people get excited. They hunt you down and they do hunt you down and they will find you. And I know that sounds really scary because it kind of is, but it's also very exciting. And when you sign your books for people, it's awesome. Always offer to sign a book. Do not be one of those people that charges for your autograph. One, it's kind of slimy, guys. Let's be realistic. Um, and two, you are not at that level. There is no, a first-time author, just published their book, was charging people to sign their books. Do you want to know how quick you lose uh, sales? Very quickly. Very quickly. It very is, quickly. it was, I was like, why are you charging for a signature? And they're like, well, the celebrities are doing it. I'm like, yeah, you got like Richard Dreyfus, like. You, what, what are you doing? Like, I don't even think that they should personally, like picture is cool. I don't know. I think the whole process is weird. The whole thing is weird. I don't think you should, whatever, but guys, be realistic. So when we are at these conventions, the person that you are is not who you are necessarily at home, right? Because as we talked before, you create an author persona. If you're a horror author, but like you like sunshine and roses at home, like you got to get a different edgier kind of perspective. So one of the things that I found is easiest is to just completely adopt that as a person, right? So you go, I'm kind of, I'm kind of that way at home too, but like I am a very alternatively light author Mm -hmm. is what I'm going to call. Um, (laughs) So AKA I write some dark stuff. So I am able to, I make sure that I am brushed up on these things, right? Like I, I know about my series. I know similar series, similar shows, because obviously if I write it, I enjoy that. So I'm assuming right. as an author or as an actor, like you doing voice acting or on screen or anything like that, people come up with these ideas of who you are, right? From 
your projects you have done, whether it's a story you've read or a character you've taken on. And then when they meet you in person. There, there is a difference. Yeah, you're right. Because as an actor, you know, you have to play all these different types of characters. Mm-hmm. You have to figure out those various things. So I've had certain characters that were very dark. So I, I've had to watch a lot of dark things or bring a lot of dark experiences from my military life to things that I've went through as a child, all these other things to bring that darkness out. I call it therapy. Uh, I remember <laughs> I do because I when I played some some type of villain, it allows me to get all that anger I've had out of me. Mm-hmm. It allows me to be as angry as dark and manipulative as i possibly want this character to look at i need to see that (laughs) you don't want to see that trust me (laughs) It, it you do not want to see that i i i think of some of the most i don't even think that Bram Stoker could have figured out what was going through my mind. I see, Carpenter, I don't think Br- any of those things. I don't think Bram Stoker was scary at all. Like, I think that's well, where we get down to that perspective and that perception where like I read yes. it and I'm like, Oh, this is like, what else? Like a Saturday night. Yeah. And then like, <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Time out here. Time out here. <laughs> Um, do uh, huh? I mean, what I I get bored. What do you want me to say? Okay, okay, we won't go after that then. Okay, we're gonna (laughs) leave that one alone. Um, (laughs) there's there's some drawing, there's some blood right there. Um, drawing of blood there. But what I'm saying is, is that I can I can think about a lot of these, you know, torturous. Um, mm-hmm. things that happen to characters but here's the funny thing for me it's like are you sadistic are you wh- what type of mindset do you have to be in to mm-hmm. look at this stuff and enjoy it right so, and there's different levels right if you have a character right. that you're doing that is you know uh, a psychopath versus somebody mm-hmm. who is just you know psychopath you know you're, you're typically you have erratic behaviors versus a sociopath Mm -hmm. who is very systematic and intelligent and able to do those things versus somebody who is genuinely just a manipulator for fun, right? Those are all different personalities and you have to find somewhere else to draw from. Otherwise it's just a blanket bad guy, I guess. Well, yeah, because again, when we're thinking of just villains in general, you have to figure out what, what level of, dementedness am i working with or if am i just being straight evil mm. one of the greatest lines that I, I i still have to figure out where this came from who actually specifically said this a hero will sacrifice one person to save the world mm-hmm. a villain will sacrifice the world to save one person right so you have to figure out how manipulative or how sadistic you want to be with that specific character. Uh, perceptions. Going back to perceptions real quick. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll talk about Thanos. Thanos has various... Thanos. Thanos is something. Than- 
Just saying. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, whatever, whatever. Uh, wow, we really <laughs> threw it back there. Woo. All right, Mac. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, uh, <sighs> what? <laughs> what I'm saying is, is that there are two versions of it. The original one was this guy was so evil just because he wanted to make death be impressed with him and fall in love with him. So he destroyed as much stuff has killed as many people just to get her attention. Okay. But if you look at the movies version of him, he's doing it to save his people. He's doing it to save the universe. There's too many save people. Save the universe. Yeah. So he's like, well, eh, let's wipe out, I don't know, half, three quarters. Let's, let's see how. A third. Let's just right. do a third. Yeah. Let's just see how we go here. But that's what I mean is though, there's two different perceptions of that same character. There's mm -hmm. two different perspectives of that character. Yes. So for me as an actor, I have to figure out what that is and run with that. Because again, when we're looking at, we'll, we'll just go like the protagonist versus the antagonist here. Okay. Okay. The protagonist, they got to be this nice guy we'll say a guy in this case well they there's certain depends rules. on who's writing it it's that's true too yeah it depends they there's certain rules that go with a protagonist comparative to an antagonist mm -hmm. now again depending on how you're playing this game if you're looking at it from the villain's point of view or if you're looking at it from the hero's point of view you're going to have a different perception of whatever the situation is and I think that when we're talking about these roles, there's something very important. Oh, <laughs> I was gone for a week, guys. <laughs> <laughs> her her dog is literally in her lap, and she's giving him lovings. You have to check out. Yeah, it. he's he's not even like halfway on my body right now. Yeah, please but, don't break my chair. I'm on TV, bro. <laughs> please don't break me. Please don't break me. <laughs> but again when we're looking at the perspectives of each one of these characters and their roles, there's certain rules that apply. Now, again, mm -hmm. if we're talking about anti-hero, there's going to be a whole different ballgame with that. Anti-villain, right. anti-hero. But when we're doing this, let's talk about, I'll give you an example. Okay. Do you know the character Sam Spade? No. Okay. I'm going to teach you something here. It's so oh, good. God. <laughs> Hey. These lessons always go off the rails, so I'm just preparing myself mentally. Anyways. Okay, so Sam Spade was a detective back in 1930 uh, by Dashiell Hamming. Okay. Hammett. H-A-M-M-E-T-T. -T. I don't know what's Hamming. Anyways, he is your anti-hero type of detective because okay. during that time, detectives were by the they were always doing everything morally it was the law that's it i can't take money i can't love you because you're the you know the, the boring cops. gotcha the, the, the boring cops you know Dick not, Tracy. nothing i i don't any bad stuff with cops but like in stories <laughs> and in movies like it, it's it's boring. that that soundbite's gonna come back to bite me in the ass probably probably but we're talking about detectives. There's not a lot of detectives out there. So, you know, anyways. Oh, great. There's another one. 
what I'm saying is, okay, that's the perception and perspective of that time because everything was very morally ran. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is also the time that they were getting morally, they were getting out of that whole prohibition, you know, drinking was bad. Boring times. Boring times. Boring times. Yes. But with Sam Spade, he was, he was there, but he wasn't. Main thing with him, if you look at the movie Maltese Falcon, which, by the way, is one of the greatest movies of all time, everybody should go out and watch it. It's great. Especially if you're trying to work on, like, old hard-boiled detective stuff. Great reference. I gotta say, he's sounding a lot like Orion. I like the dark stuff, though. Yeah, but true. Very true. He's very close. He's very close to him. He's actually based on Lex Oh, I'm not even going into Lex Luthor on you. There's too many things. (laughs) No, Michael Rosenbaum, right? Lex Luthor. Okay, there. Okay, there you go. There you go. There's a difference. There's a major difference. But what I'm saying is, is that for him, Sam Spade was this character that was in it for himself. He had one law. He had one moral code, and that was, if someone takes out your your partner, you take them out. No matter normal law, not really, not necessarily, because this is the fun part about it is that during that time, if you that happened, then you had to do everything within the law to get it done. With Sam Spade, yeah, within the law, with Sam Spade, it was a sense that okay, I can't do that because there are certain things that are not going to happen. If it means that I have to go out and I have to uh stalk this person for a while and then when they get into an area i'm gonna beat their butt i'm gonna i'm gonna gonna beat them up to get an answer i don't care and here's the other thing sam spade didn't care about the law in fact he thought them as just the dirt under his shoes well so it's also one of those things when you're creating these characters and the good and the bad it's not just the author's perspective it is the readers which is one of the things that we're going to cover in the coming weeks is you create somebody with this idea. Let's say it's, you know, Sam Spade and everybody's like, oh my God, he's a hero. He's an anti-hero, whatever. But then to other people, he's like, no, like this is the bad guy. Like he shouldn't have won. Yeah. He shouldn't have whatever. Mm-hmm. That is one of the craziest. And I'm sure it's the same way with, you know, voice acting things and all of this stuff that you do where you're like, I'm playing a hero. And then people are like, how dare you go as a villain? And it's, you. there's no way to figure out how people are going to take that. How people are going to look at it and go, oh, yes, I definitely, you know, I see that person as the hero. I see Mm -hmm. that person as the villain. And you have to learn as an author, you can't change their minds unless you write a section of novellas, which you got to do. But it's you have to do, which work, guys. But it did work. It is. It did work. Um, It works. Here's the other thing, real quick, before we we get in and start, is that. When we are talking about the the antagonist versus the mm-hmm. protagonist, we're also talking about the deuteragonist and the tritiary. For everybody else who doesn't know those terms, deuteralis basically means the second main character. And that can be multiple ones. Yeah. Look at it's like I hate to the it's next broad. ten people. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But with the tritiary, it basically means everybody else within the world that's filling the world up mm-hmm. in your book. And it can be anybody from, you know, somebody with the next clue to 
a barista behind a cafeteria in a coffee shop that has no lines whatsoever. It's they're just all supporting characters in that term. What is it? Red shirts? Yeah. Red shirts. This is the red shirts in the Star Trek area. Yes. Yeah. Nerdiness. Nerdiness. Uh (laughs) Or what is it? It's the red shirts or like the the celebrity guest star in a short in a show that like they mean nothing to it, but they're definitely doing something terrible that episode. Yes, it's exactly. They they don't have a real impact mm-hmm. on the world around them or on the main plot per se. Mm-hmm. They're just there to fill it up. But each character has to interact with them in some way, shape, or form, and they have a certain perspective from them to that character and that character to them Mm -hmm. and depending on how how detailed you want to get with this is depending on how much of it you're going to put into the show or put into the uh the well for me it's the show for the books whatever the case may be in the narrative itself these are very important because as a as a writer you can put a little bit of detail in them and they're still going to have a major impact on the show or on the narrative. Why do you keep on change show? I don't know why, but again, it's funny because think of like, um, Oh my gosh, I hate to do this, but Harry Potter. Okay. We don't, we don't like to use Potter too much, but there are certain things about Harry Potter that we, that helps us provide this. So as an example, a TTRE, for Harry Potter would also be like, um, uh, what's what's the uh, the big guy's name? Uh, the, Hagrid? the giants. Hagrid. Hagrid is technically a Tatiri. Oh, stop, <laughs> stop. Here's where the here's another controversy controversial <laughs> th- statement here. Hagrid is not a duty character. He is a tritiary. He is someone who's just there to In the movies. help out when he's. In the movies, yeah. In the book, he's he's a little bit more. He's a. I would say he's one of the main. Depending on now, these characters also change not only over the book, but over. Let's say you're doing uh, different sections, or Mm -hmm. if you're looking at it from a TV perspective, different episodes. So when you do an origin episode or a flashback, those characters shift. Your characters are constantly going to shift, even your main protagonist. In my series, Avery is not always the main person. Sometimes it's Marcus. Sometimes it's Seko and Echo. Like, it changes, and that's okay. That's supposed to happen based off the scenes, because if you think about it, your characters are like your life. I'm not the main character in my life all the time. I am sometimes just a sideline person or watching Mm -hmm. and observing these things. And that is one of the natural pieces, people and um, actors and authors and everything that we are going to cover over the next couple of weeks mm-hmm. to try to help maybe further along a few things, clear up a few things and get us along from there. But our next guest is super fun and why I'm pretty sure Mac was really slick with his detective adding in there. We are going to be speaking with A.K. Ramirez. Um, she wrote an amazing series called the Ambrose series. And I can say that because uh, I work. She's awesome. Um, but she did a book called Secrets and Photographs. It is the first one. Her second one, I think, just came out. Um, and it is a detective serial killer stalker novel. And it's 
it, it definitely hits all of the aspects. So you guys have to make sure you tune in on Thursday for her episode. Maybe we can get Mac to get the perspective versus perceptive, right? Yeah, I can, I can do that. I'm, I'm work. I think I can, I can figure something out. I can figure something out. I think, uh, but it is good because it does make an impact. It has a major impact on your overall narrative, yes. no matter if it's just a single or if it's a series of books, mm -hmm. because when it comes to character development, again, that's my area and I love it so much. Um, it's something that really needs to happen more often than not, because unfortunately me and Chelsea, when we read a lot of these books that are sent our way, sadly, some of them are not the best and you basically want to stop reading within the first and there pages. is There is a right and a wrong way to do it. And we're going to help fix exactly. that. We're going to help ex exactly. walk everybody through it. And if you have any questions, you can always reach out to us. Absolutely. That's what we're here Where for. can they reach out to us from? You can, reach, can out reach out to us on beyondthepenpodcast.com or on our Instagram, Beyond the Pen Podcast. Right? Or Beyond the there Pen you, Pod. Yep. You'll find us. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> it's, we, at, it's at Beyond the Pen Podcast on Instagram and Beyond the Pen Pod on Twitter. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. X. 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 Now. See, I can't do that. That's too, that's <laughs> too much. That's why I stick to Instagram. I, know, so stick. It's, I don't even like social media. <laughs> I hate social media. But I know you do. I know. It's always reach out to us. If you have any questions, if you want help with anything, like that's what we are here for. Between the both of us, all of our experience and our mistakes, we are able to help guide you guys through this. No question is too small. We are more than welcome to read your stuff when we get the chance. We are very busy, but we always try to make an effort. Yeah. So. Absolutely. And we're also here to help you uh, with reviews and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You leave us a review, please tell us how we're doing. And because we like to give reviews to authors as well. So, and before you ask for a review from us, do note that we will be absolutely honest yes. with you. Because In a nice way. We're not saying we're going to read your stuff and be like, how dare you? We're going to give you some honest feedback. And that's really important in the literary world. Some people won't yes. give that. They just go, yep, this is great. So if you want to reach out to us, always reach out to us. That's what we're here for. Absolutely. So until next time, folks, I'm Maccabee. And I'm Chels. And this is Beyond the Pen, where we help you unleash your creativity. Hey folks, that's a wrap for this episode of Beyond the Pen. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed creating it. If you'd like to stay connected and up to date with everything Beyond the Pen, follow us on Twitter at Beyond the Pen Pod and Instagram at Beyond the Pen Podcast. For even more content and exclusive access to our guest profiles and more, make sure to visit our website at beyondthepenpodcast.com. Don't forget to join our Facebook fan page to interact with our favorite authors and fellow fans of the show. And if you want to take your Beyond the Pen experience to the next level, check out our selection of video interviews on Traverse TV's Video On Demand and Livestream. You can access these interviews through your Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, Google Play, iTunes, or the Traverse TV app. So until next time, thanks again for tuning in and remember to keep writing, inspiring, and sharing as you go beyond the pen.